I am going to invite uh, Luleka and Luvoyo Masinda. Please come on up to the front. Uh, where are they? Luvoyo and Luleka Masinda. While they're coming up to the front, you can see the photo up there. When they are not changing the world in the marketplace, they're chilling at, at Maldives or one of those places. Uh, Luvoyo is a, a CFO of Standard Bank CIB, a corporate investment bank, and Luleka is an entrepreneur. Uh, she owns a number of sobeys uh, at the Rosebank Mall, so if you go there, bless her. I went and cut my hair yesterday. Wait and hear what God has done through these two people. Thanks, Sai. Um, good morning, everyone. It's quite intimidating, actually, standing, um, standing up here. Um, as I introduce us, my name is Luvuyo, and this is my wonderful wife, Luleka Masinda. We've been married for 12 years now, um, and we've been blessed with three wonderful kids. Um, Sai has asked us to share um, about how God has worked in our jobs and what we do in our workplace, and we're here to share the testimony. And I'll let my wife... Um, go first, um, but I think the first point I would say is, um, you know, the, the, the evidence of God's blessing is not only in the titles that I might have or, or you know, Luleka being introduced as owning um, the survey stores. You know, it says in um, Genesis chapter 12 when God was blessing Abraham, it says, I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. And so we've, we've recognized that... Um, that of course the favor is important, uh, but it's there so that we can serve people. And um, hopefully we'll, over the next few minutes we'll share on how we do that. Great. Thanks, Fritz. Um, thank you, Sai. Thank you for trusting us with the responsibility of speaking to the church today. It's, um, we don't take it lightly. Um, so for the past couple of months, you know, I generally in my life I work on a few things at a time. For the past couple of months, I've been working on, um, been listening to Joyce Meyer's tape on 10 power thoughts. One of those power thoughts is, I will not bow down to the spirit of fear. So this morning, that was a, you know, that was a big, <laughs> a big power thought that came through. I will not bow down to the spirit of fear. Thank you, um, church, for allowing us to speak to you. Um, just as a start, in 2013, I stopped working at Standard Bank, 2014. 2012, I stopped working at Standard Bank. 2013, I decided that, you know, Lord, you know, I want to, I want to do something. Can I have something to do? Um, because i the kind of person who has a plan to work and work until, you know, I go. I don't have a plan to retire. So, um, and 2013 was not a time for me to retire. And as I was sitting and talking to God, um, he gave me an idea to approach Sobe and ask them for if I can be one of their franchisees. And um, look, whenever we're trying to do something, especially if it's an idea that God has given you, you're going to get some opposition. Um, and so, you know, Sai hasn't given me enough time to, to get into that piece. Mm. All I'm going to say on that is um, through faith and action. In 2014, God gave us an opportunity to open two stores, one in Glen Hazel and the salon in Rosebank Mall opposite Telcom. And let me tell you, it was through faith and action. Um, it, it wasn't because of anything that you know, I did uh, by myself. It was through faith, it was through action. And then in 2016 we had an opportunity to open two more. 
and Asobe Man and the Dry Bath in, in Rosebank Mall. We did that. And then in this year, we sold off one of the businesses. And all of that, you know, we did through faith, through action, through listening to God, through working with God, and obeying God. Because the Bible says that if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. And I can say, apart from touching lives, if you want to accomplish anything in God, for God, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. Many of us are not willing and obedient. Some of us are willing, but we are not obedient. And the Word of God is an instruction manual for life. When you go to the Word of God, you must be prepared to do what God says if you want to accomplish anything in this life. That's a rabbit trail. Back to the, 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 the real message. So in, in now we're sitting at three stores. I've got about over 40. We've, we've got about four, over 40 people that um, are on the payroll. It's, it's, it's a responsibility. I thought it was going to be like a cool thing. And then I realized it's a responsibility. My phone never stops ringing. My WhatsApp never stops buzzing. Um, but, you know, it's... it's, it's, it's I've, I've, I've had to, to, to embrace that. Um, when God gives you people, he gives you a platform to serve. People need servants. People need to be led by people who want to serve them, not people who are excited about a title, who are excited about, you know, the, the lights and the things. Having people underneath you, is about a, it's about service. And so I've had to grow and stretch, you know, in, in, in my heart for, 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 for doing things for people, even when I don't want to, but because they need these things to be done for them, I have to do them. So it's, it hasn't been easy, but I've, you know, through relying on God and learning from God, you know, because God is a teacher, the Holy Spirit is a teacher, and through all these years, you know, he taught me. Before this, I only had one person reporting to me or two people at Standard Bank. And literally, we went from one. At some point, we, when we had four stores, it was over 50 people on the payroll. That's a, that's a lot for somebody who doesn't have, um, you know, the experience. And my background is an accountant. So I'm more comfortable with a spreadsheet in front of me um, than, a, you know, 50 people with 50 different problems and, you know, wanting me to solve those problems. Um, so in terms of... Um, touching people's lives, you know, in, I've realized that as uh, these people are at work, things happen in their lives. Things happen that are not necessarily work-related, but they impact their work. And it's my responsibility to, within my boundaries, within my capabilities, within my skill, within whatever God has given me, to assist them. And over time, you know, I had one of my ladies, um, older sisters die. Um, they gave her the news in store. And, you know, it all happened in store. And for me, uh, touching her life meant it, quite a few months, a month or two after her, the sister's death and everything, they were actually running a, a course on grief, um, overcoming grief. Or, so, yes. So um, I mentioned it to her that, listen, this is a course that's running at church. Church is a couple of meters away, you know, just down the road. Please go. And I kept on nudging and nudging. She went for the first session. She, she told me after that that she didn't want to come. She went for the first session. She found it beneficial. And then she went through the whole session, and it actually really, really helped her. 
Um, and without uh, me being there, without God putting me in her path at that time, she wouldn't, you know, she wouldn't have experienced that. Um, somebody in um, my work of my, at, the, at work, their mother was sick, seriously sick, sick and dying type of sick. And, you know, thank God I'm in the know of some people who can pray. You know, I connected her to a pastor in church. They prayed. You know, God intervened. And, you know, her mother was healed. Her mother was in Bulukwane. And she was with me. And her mother was healed. And she was able to go back to work and work. And, you know, things went, went back to normal. And then... Um, okay. And then... Um, there was a child who, who couldn't sleep. Um, one of my ladies' child, she couldn't sleep. She wasn't sleeping very well. I then connected her to a pastor at church. The child, I think, was somewhere else, and she was also somewhere else. There was prayer involved. God intervened, and God helped in that situation. So we can all do something. If you know God, you know, and many people don't know God. If you know God... There's always something you can do for someone because you can always pray for a person. You can always connect if you feel that, you know, this is something that's out of your, your capabilities. You can always connect them to somebody who can assist. And in that way, we can all do something to touch people's lives at work. My wife is just awesome. And um, she didn't show any signs of nerves. I think the, the message we, we really um, have come to know as a, as a couple is, I think we need to start contending for the things that really matter um, in, the work, in the workplace. You know, titles and progression, of course, they are important, but you really need to think and start contending for the things that are of the kingdom. Um, and, you know, the thing about favor is it's ours. Um, and we need to actually start taking the, reading the Bible and taking what it says literally. Um, you know, in the book of Deuteronomy 28, it says, if you listen diligently to the voice of the Lord, your God, being watchful to do all his commandments, which I command you to this day, the Lord, your God, will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings or favor shall come upon you and overtake you if you heed the voice of the Lord, your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your beast, the increase of your cattle, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall your basket and your kneading trough. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. And the promise is there. Um, we as Christians should be excellent. We should be the excellent people, examples um, at our, work, our workplace. But that is not enough. You know, we, we get granted this favor so that we can influence people, um, people's lives, as my wife spoke so eloquently. But we also get these opportunities to influence cultures and the organizations that we work with. We've got opportunities, you know, to influence policies, those who are in government. And we should really be looking for those opportunities wherever we go to work, um, rather than chasing the next paycheck or the next promotion. Of course, those are important um, as well, but um, those are not uh, be all and end all. And so in, in closing, you know, the Lord has blessed myself and my wife incredibly. Um, but as I said, you know, as we were reflecting, it's clear to us that we're only scratching the surface um, as us, just us as a couple. And I'm sure this is true for, um, for, for a lot of people. And I thank the church for having the foresight and the leadership to have this topic. 
Because if we were to use a soccer example, the marketplace is like the penalty box. Um, it's where things happen. Um, if the ball goes in, it's a goal. If it's saved, um, you know, it's a, it's a difference between winning and losing. And there's so many people that we can touch, um, people's lives that we can touch. For me, personally, it really actually started with, uh, I attended Pastor Greg and Pastor Sivs, um, uh, 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 one of the sessions upstairs uh, around prophe uh, prophesying, and uh, I had Pastor Siv prophesying over my life, and he spoke out gifts which I never knew existed in me. And it was incredible when I went back to work after, after the Thursday evening, um, how I saw so many opportunities. Um, and we all know at work there are people going through divorces, people who are sick, and all they need is actually prayer. And, and it's incredibly uncomfortable to start, uh, but I just encourage everyone um, and everyone and everyone just to do it. Um, and so we thank God for revelation of our purposes and linking it to our work, the blessing of the favor that um, is enable us to win and the faith which give us the confidence that we are not alone um, in this journey, that um, we, are, we are with God. And we, we truly believe that we are more than conquerors. Um, and that's why the plans we've set for ourselves scare us a lot of the time, uh, but we, we, we move on. Um, and now all that remains is for us to work and to start. Um, and so thanks again, sir, for giving us time. Incredible. Hope those testimonies are inspiring to you to believe God and to trust God, to bring His kingdom in the marketplace. Amen. I just want to say that at times when I see uh, Luleka's car in the parking lot, I know that someone is getting some deliverance ministry somewhere. <laughs> with Pastor Gloria, they have really ministered to the ladies that work with Luleka, and that's how it's supposed to be. We are called to be in the marketplace to bring the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is where God is king. So when we go out there in the marketplace, we are there to bring the kingdom of God. So today we'll be talking about working power and working faith. Or you can also call it marketplace miracles. We need the power of God in the marketplace. We need the power of God. We need faith, the audacity of faith in the marketplace. I don't know if you noticed in the Bible, most of the miracles that Jesus performed were in the marketplace, not in the synagogue. 39 of the 40 miracles that are in the book of Acts were in the marketplace, not in the temple. I think that is to say to us that as carriers of the presence of God, as carriers of the power of God, we need to go out there and make an impact. So open with me in Romans chapter 8 this morning. We'll be looking at what God is calling us to, winning at work, working power and working faith, living in the Spirit, and carrying the power of God. In fact, while you're opening there, I just want to give you a quick testimony. On Thursday, I was meeting with one of the guys uh, who is an MD, a managing director for a construction company. And he says to me, Pastor Sai, our business has gone through a rough patch, but the Lord has blessed us so much. We have worked for the next five years. Then I thought to myself, wow, God, you know, you've taken them through this rough patch as preparation because God, whenever He takes you through a rough patch, He's after your heart. Whenever things are not going the way you want them to go, God is after the heart. So this guy is testifying and saying, we have worked for the next five years, but I knew why we needed to go through this rough patch. And when he said that, and I thought to myself, you know, 
People are talking about technical recession or recession, whatever you call it, but God looks after his own. God takes care of his people. God takes care of his people. So let's read together from verse 5, living in the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. When I read this portion of Scripture, you see the emphasis on setting your mind on the things of the Spirit. Because the things of the flesh leads to death. Carnality leads to death. But the things of the Spirit leads to life and peace. So you can ask me, what do you mean when you talk about setting your minds on the things of the Spirit? Setting your minds on the things of the Spirit is responding to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. It's one thing to hear the Holy Spirit nudge you and speaking to you. It's another thing to submit and obey. I'm sure you heard from the testimony this morning that we need to obey when God speaks to us. We need to respond when He speaks to us. I was just thinking about this. A good friend of mine was sharing this with me, that actually God's love language is obedience. When God speaks to us, do we respond and do the things that He's called us to do or we have excuses? So if we want to be free from sin, we need to obey because we are setting ourselves either to the flesh or to the Spirit. It continues to say, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If in fact the Spirit of God that dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. If you read this portion of Scripture, I believe this is when the rubber hits the road. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of us. Do you understand the power that you carry as a child of God? In fact, in the Old Testament, when they speak about the power of God, it's a word of Hebrew called ruach, which is like wind or breath or life-giving force. We have a life-giving force. So when someone is sick at work and you're thinking of getting them a panado, why don't you pray for them first? Why don't you just take a step of faith and say, can I pray for you? Most of the times I find people won't say no. They will receive that prayer. In the New Testament, the word power is dunamis. It is a supernatural ability that God gives us. I find that we as Christians, we have a competitive advantage that we are not using. We have a competitive advantage in the boardroom where we can hear the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us, but we are not using that competitive advantage. Set your hearts on the things of the Spirit. We continue in verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit are what? Sons of God. Those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We were singing this morning, is a good, good Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him. Going through that rough patch, 
in order that we may be glorified with Him. Just pausing here for a little bit, when I read this, it says to me that as the children of God, we need to understand that we have an inheritance in God. We are heirs to God. We have an inheritance in God. Therefore, God doesn't want us to live in lack. There is an abundance that is there for us as children of God. And we finish off with this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed for us. For the creation waits in eager longing, eager expectation for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that creation itself will be set free, set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. May the Lord bless the reading of the scripture. When I read the scripture, there's a few things I want to put before you. The Spirit of God confirms and affirms that we are children of God. We are heirs. We have an inheritance. I want to also say to you that the current state of the world is waiting for the sons of God to rise up and shine. The world, as the Bible says, creation is experiencing corruption. Creation is longing to see the sons of the kingdom to rise up and carry the presence of God. Because one thing we don't realize is when you step into a room, the kingdom of God has just arrived. When you step into the room, the power of God has just arrived. May we be aware of this power that we carry. Let us set our minds on the things of the Spirit. Let us set our minds on the things of the Spirit. So children of the kingdom are carrying the glory of God. That's where the freedom is going to come. That's where the corruption will end when children of the kingdom rise up. Children of the kingdom who are carrying His presence. So I want to talk about these three things this morning as a takeaway home and share a few of the marketplace miracles that I've seen. Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Sons of God put their trust in God. Sons of God will do mighty exploits. As sons of God, we are led by the Spirit of God. As we have read in verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. A couple of years ago, we were at the Every Nation Conference in Cape Town, and we had this business breakfast, and we had invited a guy by the name of Francois van Niekerk. If you speak Afrikaans, just for clarity, not van Niekerk, Francois van Niekerk, not of the church. So Francois is a born-again believer, a strong believer. He comes and he says, he shares the story. And I'm so glad that I heard it from the horse's mouth, not that he's a horse. I heard it from the horse's mouth. He shares the story that blew my mind. Francois says that a couple of years ago, his business, it was an IT business, they faced bankruptcy. God is after the heart. You see there's a theme here. Whenever you go through those rough patches, God is after your heart. He sat down in his office one morning and he said, God, this is my prayer to you this morning. If you can turn this business around, we will give 70% of our net profit back to you, back to your kingdom. How many people pray that prayer? And when God begins to pray them, the first thing they buy is Mercedes-Benz. Let me not go there. You bless yourself first before you bless the Lord. How many people pray that prayer? But God looked at Francis' heart, and God could see that this man means what he's praying. And as I'm talking to you now, God turned around that business, 
and they now have businesses in over 20 countries in the world. And they give their net profit every year, a hundred million rents to the Lord. A hundred million rents, not one million. A hundred million. You work it out. So Francois says, I prayed that prayer, and today we are giving the 70% to the Lord. You've checked there. And by the way, they've funded some of uh, our campus conferences because one of the things they do is they give to, uh, to leadership development, to social justice. But if you, if you go to their website, the opening line on their website is this. No one who hopes in God will be put to shame. No one who hopes in God will be put to shame. No one who put their trust in God will be put to shame. That's Psalm 25, verse 3. I like their founding mission. The founding mission of Morgan is to strategically deploy its resources for kingdom expansion. It's on their website. They don't have to hide. To reach the unreached and with the good news of Jesus Christ, to see people discipled into a living relationship with God and assimilated into a faith community. I mean, these guys, they mean business. And I heard it from the horse's mouth. Sons of God put their trust in God. If you are a son of God, you'll be like this guy who had the nudge of the Spirit, prayed a prayer which had an audacious faith to it, and said, God, we will give back. And he's kept to his word, and God continues to bless them. Sons of God put their trust in God. As you read Hebrews 4, verse 1 to 3, it says, the same promise of going into God's rest is still for us, but we should be afraid that some of us may not be able to go in. Some of us are not able to enter God's rest. Why? Because we have heard the good news as it was said to them, but did not mix it with faith. There are times when we hear the word of God here on Sunday, and we say, well, that was a great word. But do you take that word and apply your faith to that word to see God work on your behalf? To believe God and write down the things that you believe in God for. Because he who promised is faithful. God who promised is faithful. And finally, the sons of God will do mighty exploits. I love this one. The sons of God will do mighty exploits. You read Daniel 11, 32. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. Those who do bad things, those who are set according to the flesh, they will be corrupted. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Do you believe that word this morning? Do you believe that word this morning? I'm blown away just seeing what God is doing in the marketplace. I sit on the board of this company. It's called Africa Geoenvironmental and Engineering Services. And we have number of clients, but our main client is a client that does not pay on time. I will not mention the name. It's a client that just pays whenever they want to pay. Even if we finish the work two, three years ago, they just pay whenever they want to pay. That's when I need Prophet Greg to unlock those doors of heaven so God can shower his blessings. So at the end of April, the company was not doing well. We were at the point where we nearly didn't pay salaries. Uh, we have a staff of about 30 people. As a non-executive director, we were called to uh, an emergency board meeting. And at this board meeting, the first hour, we were praying and prophesying. Have you ever been to a board meeting where the first hour you're praying and prophesying? 
I mean, we were opening scripture and proclaiming scripture in the boardroom, you know. It's our competitive advantage. I'll never forget, it was on a Monday. We prayed, we had a three-hour board meeting, and then Tuesday, nothing happens. Wednesday, nothing happens. Now it's getting closer to paycheck time. And we're like, my God, what are you going to do? I'll never forget, it was on a Thursday, 27th of April. It was a public holiday. I get a WhatsApp message from uh, the financial director, and he says, the client, the client has paid, and we were able to pay salaries that month, and we had enough for the month to come. Praise be to Jesus. Praise be to Jesus. Praise be to Jesus. I'm sharing this with you to say, God answers prayer. God answers prayer. I want to share with you the two quotations and uh, share about the story of someone that we may have heard of. Abraham Heschel, he writes, Six days a week we wrestle with the world, ringing profit from the earth. On the Sabbath, we especially care for the seed of eternity planted into the soul. The world has our hands, but our soul belongs to someone else. Six days a week, we seek to dominate the world. On the seventh day, we try to dominate self. What it means is this is a principle of Sabbath. As we work, we need to stop and reflect. As we work, we need to stop and rest. Because when we rest, God goes to work on our behalf. When we rest, we're saying, God, I know while I'm resting, you will look after my own. You look after me. We need to look after the soul. So when you take your Sabbath, let's say it's a Sunday, you come to the house of the Lord to replenish. You are simply saying, God, I, I trust in you. I believe in you. And my Monday to Saturday, my Monday to Friday is taken care of. We need to look after the soul. I like what Strife Masiyua says. We need the audacity of faith plus a lot of preparation and practice to win in the marketplace. We need the audacity of faith, plus a lot of preparation and practice in the marketplace. Now, I have to describe this guy to you, Strive Masiiwa. You might have heard about him. Incredible businessman, engineer like me in my other life. He um, started a business. He worked in Zimbabwe for their telecoms, and then he stopped, and he started a business. He says when he started a business, he had only 75 U.S. dollars in his pocket. And then he says as they were building their business, they went and were bidding for the, tele, for the mobile license in Zimbabwe, and they won the bid, but the president, whom I will not mention by name, turned down, they are off, turned down their bid and said, no, it's not yours. They took the president to court. They won the bid after five years. After five years, they won the court case. And this is to say that our God is able. Our God is able. He says they were near bankruptcy. God is after the heart. And a few years later, they went and we were bidding for, this is the story. This is when it gets very interesting. They were bidding for the mobile license in Botswana. That's 21 years ago. And he says when they arrived there, the big names who were, they were competing against, MTN, Vodacom, France Telecoms, Orange, and a company from India, they were bidding against them, and they were the fifth. He says that the, the, other part, the other big names, they arrived in private jets. Okay, I tell you, guys mean business out there. Hey? They mean business. Like they were just saying to Botswana government, we know what you're doing. And he... And his team, some of them had to drive all the way from Harare to Gaps because they didn't have enough to be able to fly everyone. 
he says that on the day that they were doing the pitch, he was, he was fasting. Now, I don't know about you. I will fast before the pitch, not on the day of the pitch. I think this guy has got serious faith. He says on the day, the, the whole day when they were doing their presentation and they were grilled by the lawyers, they were grilled by this whole panel, but he was praying in his heart. And guess who won the bid? Mascon Telecoms, their company won the bid. And he gives God the glory today. He says 21 years ago to this day, they are the number one telephone, telecom company in Botswana. Fast forward. Fast forward. That's not the end of the story. Strive, he has now, he owns telecoms in over 20 countries in the world. His net worth is 1.4 billion US dollars, not Zim dollars. <laughs> he has funded 100,000 young Africans. You heard what Lovoya shared. We are blessed to be a blessing. Over 100,000 scholarships, including overseas studies, currently supports over 40,000 orphans. He sits on the board of Rockefeller Foundation, U.S. Council of Foreign Relations, Africa Progress Panel, AU Ebola Fund. The list goes on and on. He also advises the U.N. But the one that got my attention was a couple of years ago, while President Obama was still the president, he invited him to Camp David with four other businessmen to discuss business strategies. I thought, brother, you better lay hands on me. <laughs> I mean, you get invited. I haven't been invited to discuss spiritual matters with the president anywhere, you know. But this guy gets invited by the president to discuss business strategies. I thought, you got to really lay hands on me. So I met with a guy on Friday. He had the office. He comes from Zoom. I said, brother, do you know Strife? He says, no, I know Strife. My wife is prayer partner with his wife. Oh, brother, we are only two or three people away from Strife. We are two or three people away from Strife. Watch the space. Watch the space. I'm going to have him lay his hands on me. Let's stand to pray. I want to pray a prophetic declaration over you this morning. A prophetic declaration. I know that some of you are in business. Some of you are working in the marketplace, whether you're a nurse, whether you own your own business, a teacher. I, I want to believe that we will see the scripture over your life. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. And He will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. Even in the midst of economic recession, you will be like a spring whose water never fails. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and you will raise up age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls. Restorer of streets with dwellings. Let's give God the praise. Let's give God the praise. Let's give God the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Lord, we declare this morning that we'll be repairer of broken walls. Restore off streets with dwellings, Lord. We declare it today, Father, that here in Joburg we will prosper and bring glory to your name. And creation will shout, glory to our God, glory to our God. Father, I pray that, God, we will not be like those who will not mix the word with faith. But we will mix the word with faith and believe that, God, you can still perform miracles in the marketplace today. Today, in the name of Jesus, we proclaim it. We declare it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Thank you, Lord.